You're listening to Hockey Talk on the Rock. Alright, stop! With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It now. made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. Alright, we are back doing Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 91. Getting close to the century mark. Uh, not a lot of league news to talk about <laughs> in the start of the season, but mostly we're going to talk about what everyone's talking about. <laughs> and uh, as always, I'll throw to my counterpart, Laura, and she can tell us about how the game was last night because she was in the building for the home <laughs> opener. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not wearing my jersey, and it's not because I threw it on the ice. I promise that <laughs> I didn't do that. It's in the car. But I thought I would go jersey list for this one just because of how the start of the season has been. And it hasn't been good. And last night was not good. Um, I went to the home opener. I would say, like, showing up at the game, right? They had, they had like, beer gardens outside and, like, games and stuff outside that you could do. And it felt like a cool setup, but you could already kind of tell that people weren't, like, 100% into it. So, and it's because of the start of the season, like a hundred percent, right? And then you go into the game, it's Saturday night, it was downtown Vancouver, Elton John was playing um, at the at BC Place, there was another thing going on downtown, so there was like a lot of options for what people could have done <laughs> with their Saturday night, <laughs> and people were pretty, you know, like you could feel almost like similarly to the riot when you could just feel people were like pissed off but in like a different way you could feel people weren't into it and you could also tell there was a lot of like really drunk people right it's Saturday night talking out in Canada and you know the first period happens my overall analysis on the Canucks I'm like I'll say the one excuse that I do think there is some weight in is the fact that last night you know, you look at their defense <laughs> and you have Noah Juleson, you have uh, Kyle Burrows, you have Jack Rathbone playing his first game of the season, which you probably shouldn't have had. And I mean, you can say that again, that that NHL defense is not NHL level. Like there's no way you should be icing that. But then again, there's a reason why you're icing it. And so the excuse only goes so far for me, but as soon as like, Hughes wasn't going to play I was like okay this could be it could be an interesting game and in that first period I thought the Canucks actually played pretty well but you could just tell like as soon as Buffalo wanted to do something it was in the net there was no real pushback there was no like competition when the power play goal happened it happened like 13 seconds from the face off it was just so depressing (laughs) (laughs) but you try to be positive because again overall I felt like it was a good period the second period again it was okay they get the goal from Garland on the power play and people are you know kind of into it and then the third period happens and it was just honestly a joke like from the moment that the goal didn't count again like Boudreaux talked about it after the game but it's true like that should have given the Canucks life they should have been like, okay, this is our chance. We're still in this game. Let's go get a goal. And then they give up a goal 30 seconds later. That was the point at which the crowd started turning and you heard all the boos. You saw the jersey toss and everything. And 
the problem that I think is going on with the Canucks right now, at least for me, I'm sorry, this is going to be a really long rant, but like, we've seen this movie before. We've seen it for years. And I am one of the people that does believe that this team is decent. I think they could be a playoff team. I don't think that's going to happen this year anymore, but I do think that they have pieces that are good, but they are improperly structured. And we've known that for a long time. So last year happens. And if there's any team that should like know about how starts affect the season, it's the Canucks because last year it was black and white. The beginning of the season was crap. The end of the season was good. And they still didn't get enough points to get into the playoffs. So they should know more than anyone that the start of the season matters. And then they've come out and they've played like this. And that's the reason why fans are so pissed off. That's the reason why it's so apathetic without getting into like naming players. Because I think in general, the whole team has been crap besides Patterson. And it's just so disheartening to watch. I kind of, I'll just leave it there, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, it it's comes down to, like you say, structure and defense. And, like, a couple of the goals were just, like, a couple of bad bounces, and then all of a sudden it was on a buffalo stick and in the net. Yeah. You know? It was just, like, you, they're so um, unable to break out of their own zone that they're just, like, constantly sloppy. And they're unable to prevent other teams from capitalizing, you know? And last night too, right? Like you talk about the defense that they dressed, but like the big error was like Oliver Ekman Larson, like just giving the puck over to Tuck for the one goal. And so it's not even like, like Jack Rathbone was on the ice, but it's not like it's him. It's not like it's Kyle Burrows or like someone where it'd be maybe excusable. But the fact that again, (laughs) it's one of these supposedly veteran defense who should be good at moving the puck like it's just really hard to to watch yeah and and the bone i had to pick after last night was like i understand the garland got the power play goal yeah but my bone to pick is the first power play unit and like when the other teams have clearly figured out they're gonna have the power play quarterback sit in the middle of the blue line and pass it to the half wall to either miller or Pedersen, and then they're gonna try and shoot it back and forth across days to each other and like they have it figured out and the canucks first unit wasn't able to do anything because we just put high pressure on those two lanes between the defense and the half ball guy and they panic and they can't make anything happen and I feel like we've talked about that for years like honestly I remember talking about almost exactly this last year before Boudreaux took over it just seems like it's a replay and because last year happened and people were so pissed (laughs) before like Boudreaux and everyone came in I feel like we've just gone back in time and like the apathy is still there and so it's I like I honestly don't know I don't know what they do like (laughs) I was reading quotes right now before talking with you like with from Bo talking about how you know last year it was his jersey that was thrown on the ice and he's never really forgotten it and it feels like, you know, the fans are a right to doing what they're doing because they don't have much to cheer for. And at this moment in time, it doesn't feel like they're ever going to win again. And when you have your captain saying that, it's like, okay, there, there's something fundamentally wrong with this dressing room. And 
again, there's been the rumors for years about it. And then it just keeps coming back. It keeps coming back. So I don't know. I don't know who brings the accountability or whatever in that room, but there's, there's something missing. Mm. It's, and it's kind of like really been exacerbated since we've talked about millions of times, um, since they let like Markstrom and Tanev walk. But even that, like I was thinking about that the other day and I was saying to myself, you know, <laughs> this is like the glimmer of hope that we had as Canucks fans really since 2011 was that bubble playoff run, which you can argue was a total fluke. They shouldn't have really made the playoffs that year if COVID wasn't a thing. They got in because of the bubble setup. They did beat Minnesota to get in. <laughs> and then they beat St. Louis, which was fun. It was awesome. But you can argue that St. Louis didn't really want to be there. And then they lost to a better team that was Vegas. But it was fun. I'm not going to say it wasn't. But the problem is, is that I think it set like an unrealistic set expectation to where this core was at. Now, like Tanev, I think 100% is the the big one, like the really big one. I think that really upset the room, but like, how can you be that fragile? This is what I'm saying. Like as a, as a professional sports team, you know, things are going to change. You know, there's going to be moments. If you're Quinn Hughes, say on defense, you're like, okay, this is my team now on defense. You can take it over. And that's where, for me, the whole thing about those changes, which did drastically change the team, like the excuses only go so far. Because you do have to take some accountability. Totally. Yeah. Um, um, and, and I mean, like, in terms of the big names on the team, like, yeah. nobody's looked really good, like you said, except Pedersen. I mean, Bo's had some goals. He's but, had some uh, goals, but he hasn't been great defensively either. Like, it's, you know. But, I mean, I want to point out your boy Brock. I know you love yeah. that. I know. He looks like a former shell of himself. Yeah, so Brock is hard to watch, and I, I, I was, I said that this morning too. Um, I, I think Brock needs to be moved. I, I think Brock can have success. I do not think it's going to be in Vancouver. Yeah, that's where I'm at with him. Um, I know he had, he had the hand injury, but you can only use that excuse for so long. So, I don't know. Um. Yeah, he just seems like, especially I noticed in the Buffalo game, that, like, he's not carrying the puck. He's not, you know, deking around players. He's not making space for other players. He hasn't been on point with passes. It's just, like, he does, he's not making really anything happen when he's out there. Yeah, I would honestly say it doesn't even look like he's there. Yeah. Just in general. Um, yeah. I'm with you. Time, times are tough. Times are I'm tough right now. <laughs> I'm with you on it. I think, like, again, the Canucks, they put themselves in this position. They doubled down on players. Like, they doubled down on Brock in the offseason. They doubled down on JT in the offseason. The only contract that's up in the air now is Bo. And if I'm Bo, like, even if they wanted him to come back, which at this point I doubt, why would you want to come back? Yeah. Like, all you've experienced in your entire career has been losing. So, I don't know. But yeah. maybe it's time to uh, package them up, get something back. Thank God for Bedard, you know. <laughs> well, this is the this is the other problem that I have personally. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's going to be another rant. The problem that I have is that this team that you know 
is right now the worst team in the NHL. They're the only team that hasn't won, and they're at the bottom of the standings. You have teams like San Jose and Arizona are above them. I don't believe the Canucks are going to stay below those teams. They're going to get some wins. It's going to somewhat turn around. They're still not going to get into the playoffs. For them to get to that level, they would have to sell off so many pieces, which would basically be impossible because there's contracts that no one's going to take, like in keeping them still competitive, basically. So again, you're stuck in that kind of murky freaking middle part that you've been stuck in for seven years or whatever. And that's what I find so annoying, like so frustrating, because if you were going to tank hard for Bedard, I'd be right there on board with it. I'd be like, okay, let's go. And if you miss out on Bedard, there's like three other players that are meant to be super good in this draft. It's probably a good starting spot, (laughs) but I just don't believe that they're going to end up there because I think they'll turn somewhat a bit around a bit, give some people some hope, and then basically take it away. So I know Rutherford like made the comments last night that maybe they are in a rebuild or something like that, which is like the most public announcement of a rebuild that the Canucks have ever made. <laughs> but I, I just, yeah, I'm really, really apathetic towards the team. Yeah. And I mean, long-term, I think, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of stuck with and not stuck with, but like Miller Pedersen, Demko and Hughes are kind of the four guys that they should be looking to build around, realistically. And Miller I only have in there because they just gave him all the money. I think if you can move Miller right now, you move him. But they're not going to do it because they won't be able to. But, yeah. but I, I, yeah. I think with the defense they have on the team, and especially if they keep the coaching staff that they have, yeah. um, I don't think – I think if they were able to pull off deals where they don't, didn't get completely fleeced for both Bull and Besser – I don't think they'd be too far off from San Jose quality. I don't think you can move Brock Besser. That's my other, like, that's the other problem right now. I think you can move Bo. Maybe you can move Besser next year. But with what he's showing right now, like, teams aren't going to be lining up right to rescue you if you're the Titanic or whatever the line is. I can't remember what it is, but it's something like that. You know, they're... anchors before they throw you light bulbs yeah and like Besser is a prime example I think of that and again this is where like I have a hard time because like Benning (laughs) did a lot of things that are still a problem on this team but there are decisions that were made this summer that for me make no sense. I know Mikheyev was hurt and I know he's not a hundred percent but to me that signing I like at the time I was like, okay, that's an interesting one just based on the amount of forwards the team had right now to me, not looking super great could turn around, but again, like they say they try to improve their defense and I get that there wasn't much out there, but you did allocate those dollars to McKayev. You could have not allocated those dollars to McKayev and seen if something opened up, you know, I don't know. There's just stuff about it that I don't like. And it's because they're losing that I don't like it. But it's, yeah. It's well, frustrating. One game at a time, I guess. One game at a time. <laughs> well, they yeah. got Carolina on Monday. So that will be an interesting test. And, you know, I do feel like it could be a game the Canucks might end up winning. 
because Carolina is a really good team, they're a contender this year, and they might come into Vancouver and not expect to like to have to play their best. And it could be the fact that the Canucks could come out and win. But I'm not betting on it. And also call uh, Colorado. Uh, Carolina just lost both their games in Alberta. So I think they're going to be relatively hungry to play Vancouver. Yeah. Um, and then they then the Canucks have Seattle. So again, that's a winnable game, Seattle. But with the way they're playing, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. And then Pittsburgh's no, uh, no slouch either. Yeah. And then again, you start like looking at numbers and stuff. And American Thanksgiving is the usually the sign of where you can tell where your team's at in terms of playoff spots. And for the Canucks to be anywhere near where they would like to be, it would basically take a miracle at this point. Yeah. So. Yeah. One game at a time. <laughs> Back to the dark times. I will say this. I really hope they don't fire Boudreaux. I don't think really that any of this is his fault. I know that he's neither Alvin or Rutherford's hire. I know all that. But I, I just think that that's not going to be the answer. And, you know... If they let his contract run out or whatever and he leaves in the offseason, it's one thing, but I don't think they should fire him to try and save the season. I will say this all makes me hate, hate Mike Yo even more. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he might be the next head coach. <laughs> that would be awful. I would have to probably stop watching the Canucks for a while. <laughs> Just tune strictly into Philly and Ottawa games. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, the problem that I have, and I was talking about this with my sister last night, was that, like, to me, my Canucks fandom is so much part of my identity that even when I'm like, it's pissing me off so much, I want to watch someone else, I don't want to care about the Canucks, I can't. Like, it's like a physical thing that I can't stop. And <laughs> it, it, it's bad. It's like, why can't you just choose? Choose to be crap. Like you say, like we're other first saying that you don't know how long a rebuild takes. Well, it probably takes less than eight years, like realistically, yeah. if it's done correctly. And all like, again, all we've had in that time period has been that bubble playoff run, which was fun, <laughs> but not that real. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, time will tell. Like you say, tomorrow night, they're taking on Carolina, Vancouver. Then they go down the old I-5 to Seattle yeah. and back home for Pittsburgh. And I don't know beyond that, but uh, those two, three games coming up, they will be final nail in the coffin type material, or they will be uh, the door is slightly cracked open, you know? Yeah. So we'll yeah. see how it goes. We'll, sure we'll talk again next weekend or something when you're all settled over in Alberta. Yeah. Maybe you'll be rooting on the flames of the Marks from Jersey by then. Oh, no. Can't <laughs> see that one happening ever. <laughs> right, well, I think that's all we got, all I got. What do you got? I think that's it. I mean, I this is the one positive thing I'll say to Canucks fans, although it's not super positive. But I was looking at the standings, you know, as one does. And there's some teams that are also not off to good starts that would like to be. Like, most notably... You have in the East, like Tampa Bay and Washington, who both, you know, are 500 on the season. So they have one, but they're, they're not looking great to start. And they're considerably out of a playoff spot, but they're considerably closer than the Canucks. Um, so there's that. And then 
Um, like Edmonton hasn't looked great. In fact, the whole Pacific really hasn't looked great outside of Calgary and Vegas, who looks really good again. Um, we'll see how long their goaltending can keep it up. But the glimmer of hope for the Canucks will always be that they play in the Pacific right now. And, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's probably a crapshoot. And I, I would way more be in favor of a complete teardown. <laughs> and I am at the point personally, <laughs> all I'm going to say is I actually don't think I have any emotional attachment to any of the players on the Canucks left, which is saying something. I think if you could move anyone and you could get something decent for them, you move them. Ideally, you would keep the big three. But beyond that, I think you just look at the price. But again, there's a lot of a lot of bad contracts that I don't think people are going to bite on. Yeah. So. I agree. I agree. With you. <laughs> That's where we're at. All right. Well, thanks for the rants. <laughs> um, and we'll be back to do it all again. Maybe more in a positive light next week. You never know. Oh, so. Uh, this has been episode 91 of Hockey Talk on the Rock. Woo!